Welcome to Authentic Alchemy, the place where we tap into infinite possibilities and attract your deepest desires. I am your host, Emily Burke, and if you have found yourself here, congratulations. You've just taken a step towards your next up level and expansion. On this show, we dive into all things manifestation, shadow work, spirituality, personal growth, and creating your most authentically you dream life. Well done for choosing you by pressing play today. Now let's begin. All right, welcome to another episode of Authentic Alchemy. I am joined today by the beautiful Coco D. I am really excited to share this episode with you guys because she is going to talk to us all about financial literacy and financial abuse. And we're going to dive into how that is intricately interlaced with mindset and energetics. Now, if you are not familiar with Coco, please go and find her. All of her links will be in the show note because she is an absolute goddess. Her energy is just so infectious. I dove down like the interwebs rabbit hole, like looking at all of her stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to know this woman. She's amazing. Um, I know that you are going to love her and I'm really excited to get to know her today. So welcome Coco to Authentic Alchemy. Thank you so much. It's so good to be here and to chat to a fellow Aussie. Yay! Um, Coco is an Aussie. She's living over in Bali, living the life. Um, oh my gosh, what I that's a dream of mine for a, another timeline, I think. Um, <laughs> so I love to ask this question to all my guests um, to start us off, and that is what does authenticity mean to you? I feel like this answer would be slightly different depending on when you caught me at you know different stages of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me right now in this moment, it's very much about myself, like being authentic to myself and not having or feeling the need to borrow anyone else's dreams, life, you know, the, the way that I lead my day um, and, and just really doing things for me rather than living in comparison or having to justify myself. Uh, and I feel like that's, yeah, true for me right now. Beautiful. I love that. Not needing to borrow somebody else's dream. I think that's a very easy trap to fall into. Um, and, you know, sometimes you can try out other people's like little ideas and dreams and stuff, and that can sometimes help us get on our way. Um, but it is a powerful practice to really tune in and, and ask yourself, is this what I want or is this what just looked really shiny and good on somebody else. And I thought that it would feel the same way on me. Totally. And I agree with you. I think taste testing, as I call it, is really important. Uh, But I think sometimes, you know, we, there's so much noise these days, you know, when we were teenagers, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I feel like we're probably the same age. When we were teenagers, we didn't really, we got to listen to ourselves a lot more because there was less noise around. Whereas now it's really hard to really understand what it is that you want because mm. there's so much around that we're like, oh, maybe this is what I need or maybe this is what I want. or And so we forget what it is that we truly want. So I, I, I'm a huge believer in taste testing for sure. But then it's like using that purely to find out what it is that's right for you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Now, for our listeners who haven't met you before, can you give us a little bit of a 
backstory as to who you are and how you got here today in, in as much or as little detail as you'd like to give. Of course, I am a dot point girl, so I'll uh, dot point it for you and then uh, everyone else can fill in the blank. So for anyone who likes lots of detail, I'm conscious that we're very time conscious here. Uh, you know, we've only got a certain amount of time, but all, you know, all my stories everywhere. So you can find it. Essentially, I have been in business for 20 years. I was also in corporate. So I started my businesses whilst I was in corporate and just hated corporate. Uh, I hated how pigeonholed I was. And I soon uh, moved out of corporate and, and followed, you know, dove uh, full-time into my businesses. But that's not really my story. My story is that as a young kid, I always loved money and I was fascinated by money. And obviously it was something that you didn't speak about. And as a woman, as a little girl, it was even more taboo that, you know, why do you like money so much? It's, it's an ugly trait to have, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, um, I kind of ignored that for a long time. And then, you know, it kept coming back to me. I was always working three, four jobs. I was always like, I just wanted to make as much money as I could. I come from, you know, a, a family that's, you know, middle class, you could say. I wasn't born with a silver spoon. And so everything that I've created, I've created myself. Um, I started uh, in property at a young age and I was a multimillionaire by the time I was 23 with through properties, through real estate. And then... Um, you know, was hooked up pretty early with my primary school sweetheart uh, and then, you know, went through a divorce at 27, lost everything, then rebuilt again to multi-millions. And at 32, I lost everything again. Um, and, you know, that's definitely from a lack of self-worth. I see that now, didn't know at the time, um, from a lack of self-worth and also not really understanding how to get beyond what I had created. So subconsciously, it was really easy for me to break everything down to recreate what I had created before to that level because that was easy. I'd done that before. But mm-hmm. to break the ceiling and go behind, beyond that, I wasn't, I one, there was no self-worth that I, that, you know, that I wanted it or needed it, but also there was no one around me that had created that, especially as a woman. I mean, we see a lot of people on social media that claim to have, done things um and claim being keyword um <laughs> you know be very mindful of, of the people who claim those things but you know um yeah my my corporate career was in human resources um I love people um I love connecting with people and I do believe that you know the saying of it's who you know not what you know is 100% true so your network is your net worth your community is your currency and um I don't care you know, um, about whether or not you believe in that. It's absolute truth uh, because you could know everything in the world. And if you don't have the right connections, you're just going to get dead end after dead end after dead end. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I absolutely love money for the things, for the, for the choices that it gives me. So for me, you know, I'm not a very materialistic person. I just love being able to have uh, the ability to make decisions whenever I need to make them without having to worry about money. Uh, for whatever reason. So um, when I started, you know, because of everything that I've been through in terms of loss and rebuilding, loss and rebuilding as a woman and as an Australian, which is essentially massive taboo to lose lose everything in Australia. um, In America, it's kind of like high five, you finally made it. In Australia, it's like, oh, you must be an idiot to have lost it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really just like embracing being a loser, so to speak, so that other people can see that if anything, it's a rite of passage. 
Mm. And what you learn through losing and what you learn through failing, uh, you know, I'm doing air inverted commas, is actually what allows you to get to the place or whatever that is you're trying to achieve. But I, I feel like so many people are talking about winning, but no one talks about loss. No one talks about what it feels like to lose and actually all the things that you gain from losing. And then within that, of course, um, you know, women over the last 15 to 20 years have become so much more financially free because of the internet and they're building businesses that potentially, well, definitely wasn't available to women back, back, back in the day or for our, you know, for our parents' generation or our mother's mm -hmm. generations. And so now we've got a lot of women that are looking to create this themselves, but there's no, not much education when it comes to money. And we find that a lot of women are financially illiterate. So, you know, a lot of people can't, men or women can make a lot of money, but then what do you do with that? And so what tends to happen is that people spend it on lifestyle and then they're constantly in a cycle of having to make money because they don't know how to keep it, manage it, invest it and grow it. Uh, and so, you know, that's my mission is to just have open discussions about what you can do with money, but also what it means to be financially literate because, mm -hmm. you know, Firstly, the rich are the ones that, you know, talk about this stuff and the poor just talk about how the richer get richer and the poorer get poorer and woe is me instead of talking about, you know, let's let's talk about solutions and I'm sorry if you're in that space, but that's just the reality. Mm -hmm. And also as women, uh, we tend to get together and talk about our period and our discharge and our boobs and our face and our Botox, um, you know, and, our, and, and the newest products that we're using and our children Whereas our husbands or our partners or the men, are, you know, they have a beer and they're like, oh, I just make 10 grand bonus. And I, you know, they're, they're more open to talking about money. And so I'm really just opening up that conversation uh, because a lot of women believe that it's not for them or they're not smart enough or it's too hard or, you know, whatever that is. But we know that when women have money, it helps the communities. The communities are anywhere between 55 to 75% better off when women make more money than men mm -hmm. um, and it's time for us to reclaim that because making money, keeping money, building wealth, whatever it is for you. I always say there's two types of wealth that you can build is generational wealth or uh, lifestyle worth, wealth, which is, you know, in this lifetime, you just make it for yourself and then you don't care what's left over. Um, or you can make generational wealth, which is legacy wealth for the next generations. And so, you know, there's no judgment as to what you decide to create, but we need to have these conversations uh, because cycles happen, economic cycles happens, you know, recessions are going to happen. We're not, you're probably going to experience anywhere between three to five in your lifetime, depending on how old you live to. And so being aware of all these things is important. Mm, yeah. So many things that you just said there, I'm like taking like mental notes because I want to touch on a couple of them. But like that just like last point there is, and you hear it so often, it's it's people talk about it all the time. This is the, well, the recession happened and therefore this means this for me. And, and you know, um, housing prices are really, really high and therefore this means this for me. I'm, you know, going to, you know, have a baby and therefore this financially, this means something for me and my security moving forward. And for me, as, as you know, somebody who teaches on manifestation and, and energetics, this is being at effect of the world around you rather than being at cause of your life. And like you said, money gives choice. 
money gives you the choice to actually be a cause of your life. And, and it is so interesting. And like, I could talk about it so much you know, around the history and, and why this is, and maybe you can even touch on this a little bit, but like generationally it, it, it is ingrained in us to kind of feel a bit of shame or, um, and when I say us, I mean women um, around talking about money and, um, you know, making a lot of money, particularly if you make more money than a male partner that can carry a lot of, of weight. And there, it isn't as openly talked about. I know that in my friendship circles, it's something that over the past couple of years in me um, choosing to uh, shift into building a digital like online business I have started talking about money with my friends and they've started talking about it more and more about what their future looks like and starting to get more comfortable, but it wasn't comfortable at first. Um, So I'd love to hear from you, like, just like briefly, like, where does this come from? Like, why is this so, why is it so hard for us to talk about money and to be comfortable going like, fuck yeah, like I just made like my biggest, you know, months worth of of money and and the thing that like is really interesting that's coming up for me now you talked about a lot of people on the internet um you know going I I'm making this much money and everything like that and then doing it as a strategy because it's kind of seen as outrageous to be sharing how much money you're making which that in itself is a whole other thing but I'd love to hear hear from you a little bit about why it is so hard for women to to talk about money there's so many ways I could answer that and I don't want to go down the path of like the patriarchy you know <laughs> it's all about like it's made you know so that it everything's against us and it, it's just you know epigenetics uh definitely have are at play with this uh I also feel like you know you touched on the fact that right now we are in a transitional in a massive era of transition so firstly we've got the technology revolution so 100 years ago I'm gonna go you know, we're women here, so I'm going to go every which way and then I'm going to come back to this. Excellent. Um, to set the scene. But, um, you know, 100 years ago, we had the Industrial Revolution, which started, women started to have some sort of freedom. That's when women started to go out in the workforce because men were at war and there was no one to hold the fort in the countries that still needed things to be made. And so that's when the Industrial Revolution comes about and if you come in my world you know I talk a lot about cycles and it's something that we all need to be aware as a woman we are a cyclical being compared to men you know men are just like straighty 180 all the time whereas we have like you know cycles within a day within 28 days whatever and so you know cycles are all around us including economic cycles and so if we look at the industrial revolutions women started to get a voice women started to be needed and so that's also where it started. But now we're, you know, 100 years later, we're entering the technology revolution, which is starting something completely different and giving women even more freedom. And so what's happening right now is that men traditionally have been the ones that provide. And we know this to be true back in the day when we were in the wild, men would go out and provide and women would stay together in the community. And they were the ones that would give the love and, you know, make sure that everything was safe and, and secure, but the men would go out and provide. And so what we're, hap- what we're seeing now and what's happening 
is that men are starting to lose their sense of purpose because they don't feel like they can provide anymore because if you're you're earning more than them they're like well what's my role like if, if you're providing then I'm not providing then what happens to me I'm obsolete this is a conversation and something that my partner um, of you know more than a decade constantly says to me like you don't even need me I'm like mate I don't need you like I genuinely and that was like he's fine with it now and he's like okay this is great but for, for a long time he was like so what's the point of you being in my life if you don't need me anymore and so then they're like fuck if you don't need me then what what's the point of being together where it's like well I'm choosing to be with you mm. for whatever reason but we have to understand that with us rising whatever you want to choose you know whatever word you want to choose with us having more choice with the with the technology revolution giving us more opportunities than ever before there is a dynamic change and shift that happens in the household. So it's very easy for us to be like, get on board. You're not supporting me. Like you're not happy for me, but it's, it's not that they're super proud of you. It's just that there's a dynamic shift that then leaves them like, well, what the fuck's the point of, sorry, I don't know if I can swear, but like, <laughs> what I'm an Aussie. So I think it just comes, it comes with the label, but you know, what's the fuck, what's the point of me being here? And so if you are in that category, I just want you to be mindful of that. You know, we mm. want the accolade. We want to be recognized by our partner, but it's going to take time. Just like it took you time to get to where you are right now. It's going to take them time to understand and to know that you can live together harmoniously, no matter who owns what. And now it's actually a running joke that when my partner meets someone is like, oh, she earns like, you know, 10 times more than me. And he thinks it's hilarious now and people and men feel super uncomfortable, but he's had like time to get to that. Um, so that's the first thing is like the dynamic shift and being really aware of that. Now, if you're in a same sex relationship, this dynamic is still present. Someone mm -hmm. takes, takes that. So just keep that in mind. Um, and then of course, as women, why is it that we, you know, find it hard to have these conversations. I think there's a lot of reasons. Firstly, um, I don't know if most of your audience is Australian, but if they are, you know, uh, tall poppy syndrome is a thing and it's disgusting and it infuriates me. So there's definitely that. I don't need to go further into it. Um, secondly, you know, whether we like it or not, especially our generation, we grew up we grew up, whether we believed it or not, or whether it was told in our family and our household, we grew up with Disney and all of that, where, you know, you marry the rich man so that they can take care of you. And so it was easy for us to display that, but now it's like, oh my goodness, how do I then now say to my friend that's maybe didn't marry the rich man, but I didn't marry the rich man, that now I'm the rich man for myself because of the jealousy and all of that stuff. And if you're someone who works on yourself um, and you have people in your life that don't, that can be an uncomfortable conversation mm -hmm. uh, and maybe a conversation that you don't really even need to have really. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's definitely something that's starting and, and becoming more and more mainstream. However, uh, I get very, what's the word? frustrated when women claim as I said I, I use that word but you know the claim to know everything whereas I think that's where the disparity is coming from 
is that now we are seeing this, that whatever happened in the patriarchy, which, you know, so many women are like, I want to do the sisterhood thing and I want to help the women and I, but then they're recreating exactly what was happening in the patriarchy Mm. rather than us coming together, which is our, it's our normal way of being in community. Women are really good like that. That's our natural way. And that's our natural instinct. So instead of being like, let's come together, like, you know, we're all equal and yes, we're human. We have our ego, you know, whatever. But I feel like we're just recreating what happened in the patriarchy of the boys club. Now it's just a girls club. Mm -hmm. And so there's still that disparity where women are like, oh, she's out of reach. Or, you know, I get that all the time where people are like really intimidated by you. Mm. Like, oh really why like and I'm an Aquarian right so I'm pretty aloof but I'm would like to think that I'm pretty approachable but I can see why people think potentially and that intimidation comes because I can talk to a topic that they feel whereas I love being dumb I mm. love being the one that knows nothing because I love asking questions so if you feel intimidated by someone really start to question yourself around like it's not a reflection of the person that intimidates you it's a reflection of yourself Mm-hmm. because you feel like you're going to look dumb when you ask the questions. Now, I mm-hmm. look dumb all the time because I ask questions all the time. Yeah. And when I'm not the dumbest person in the room, I'm like, I'm in the wrong room. Yes. You have said so many things there. And I'm going to like first say that I actually was intimidated when you applied to be on the podcast. I like, And I actually, what was so interesting is um because I've only this is only the second time that I've kind of done I've like kind of will have a whole bunch of guests come on over a couple of weeks and I'll just put the application out there have people come on and I have had some incredible people apply to be on the show and my first thing there was a few people you being one of them where I was like this woman is so successful she's like she's got a large online following and I had all of these stories and then I was like Emily what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck? I was like, she has chosen to apply to be on my podcast that you pour your heart and energy and soul into that you truly believe in. And I was like, you have an opportunity to connect with people. I was like, you have been working to call in people just like this onto your show. And now you're surprised that it's happened. And I was like, we're, we're so fucked up, aren't we? Like we I know. Really how we just like this this narrative that we just play out. And, and because you do the work, you were able to mm. call yourself out. But so many women oh. can't, and so they run away with our story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I literally, I was like, no, Emily. I was like, you are, like, like what you said, and this is something that actually I heard on a podcast like in the past like few days around that tall poppy syndrome that we have in Australia. And like if you are in a room where you feel like you are the most experienced, the most knowledgeable, the most um, successful in the room, then you are in the wrong fucking room. Like go find a room where you get the biggest imposter syndrome ever. Bring the guests onto your podcast that make you feel like the biggest imposter ever because, and and one of my um, mentors, um, Taylor Simpson, um, she's incredible, but she talked about imposter syndrome um, with me a few years ago and it literally blew my mind. And it was like, imposter syndrome is just like your signal that you are up leveling. 
It is just your sin. It's, it's, it's not bad. We get this whole thing of like, I feel like this is not for me. Like what the hell is going on? And it's different to your intuition saying this is not right. It's that going, who the hell am I to be here? And then you sit with that uncomfortableness and go, I'm going to be here and I'm going to learn so much and I'm going to surround myself with people who are doing what I want to do, who are successful in this area, and I'm going to be in their energy and, like, up-level that frequency. And and that is something that, like like you said, um, and my my audience, I have a lot of Americans that I on, in my audience that I don't even they think they would be like, what? But, like, it is a really big thing for Australians where we're we're surrounded and this is so beautiful we're surrounded by people who who will will one will go why who are you to to want that in which case we just kind of I'll pop you over there I'm gonna just not listen to you but then two we get people that's great go after your dream that's wonderful I choose to be around people who will go that's amazing dream bigger like how can you like double that amount how can you like think bigger like broaden that perspective and that is what expands you and that is that you know um that beautiful space like what you're talking about that sisterhood we do kind of just hold each other how can we like hold each other and lift each other up at the same time and I just want to talk to that about being like the dumbest person in the room for many of us we tend to, yeah, like our ego's like, you're not supposed to be here, run away. It's really uncomfortable. I have no idea what they're talking about. Like you're taking notes because you're like, got to research later. And as someone who's been in rooms where I'm not the dumbest person, I want to give some tips. For when you're the dumbest person in the room, some questions to ask and some questions not to ask. Because what tends to happen is our fear and our ego take over and then the questions that we ask turn into desperation, which means the person that you're wanting to find information from and when you work up the courage to ask those questions actually repels you from the person rather than that person being like, oh, wow, they're really like into this and I can tell they, like, they, they're okay with their discomfort. They're okay with being the dumbest, dumbest person in the room. And mm. so... One thing I will leave this audience with, if anything, today is don't ask people how. Don't ask how. Don't ask how did you do it. Don't ask how did you get here. How did you create this? How did, like don't ask how. When you ask how, you are in fear and you completely cock block yourself in terms of finding the magic. Mm-hmm. And so I know for me when I ask a how question, I'm completely in like and I don't do it very often anymore, but I know that when, even like if I'm reading an article or something and I'm like, oh, I wonder how they did that. I'm like, oh my God, that's the wrong question. So mm-hmm. how is quite des- like how is quite a desperate question and, and you are in your fear rather than, you know, asking it like more, you got to ask quality questions. Because if someone's going to ask me, how did you create what you created today? Firstly, like it's 20 years, I can't. I can't give you this. There's no step. Okay. Firstly, that's what I'd like. No one has, if someone's telling you, they're going to give you a PDF of step one, two, three, run the other way. Don't get the PDF. Okay. Like that's bullshit because it, it doesn't work like that. Um, 
secondly, you know, like I, you know, when I answered the question that Emily asked me at the first, the first, when we first started this uh, podcast, who I am today is not who I was yesterday. And so, you know, the, the way the, and how I got here is based on seeds that I planted years ago, which, you know, had I not planted, I wouldn't be here. So blah, blah, blah. So I can't, I can't give you the how. The how comes from doing. And the how comes from, you know, I take step one. And then by doing step one, I look around, I'm like, oh, okay, now I do step one again. Like I never, there's never two, three, four, because until you take step one, you're never going to know what the next step is because Mm -hmm. that step one opens so many doors that you wouldn't have known had you not taken that step one. And so that's the biggest thing that I want you to know is don't ask how questions. Like when people ask me how questions, I, I get repulsed. Literally my body's like, oh my God, this person doesn't get it yet. Like they haven't done the thing. The fact they're asking me, how is it they're in their fear? Whereas, you know, you could ask like, what books did you read that made a huge impact on your life? Mm-hmm. You know, what was the single best lesson that, you know, I don't know, something like that. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, how did you get here? Like, what do you do every day that, you know, that just when you are asking, trying to ask someone for a formula or the how, which is what most people do, how did you do it? Well, you know, I get this all the time, like, how do you do all the things that you do every day? It's mm-hmm. like, don't ask me that question. Mm. Well, I was just going to say, that's like making the assumption that even if you followed every step that they took, that it would work for you. And again, that's like following somebody else's journey, following somebody else's path. But it may be that you just take one little nugget from their experience or maybe it is just like listening in and understanding like a certain mindset that they have about what they're doing. I know some of like, you know, incredibly, I'm very, very, um, for instance, on social media, I'm very, um, I use a lot of discernment around who I follow. Anybody who does it, like, and I have like some people that I follow and I mute because I want them there if I want to kind of go and tap in and see what they're up to, but I don't want them on my feed. And the thing is, is I want people who actually like activate and inspire me. I don't want people telling me that I should be doing it this way because then you start to second guess yourself. But um, who is it? Uh, Gary V's one that's really, really interesting because yes, you kind of give like little different ideas, but he just has some of these like mindset kind of things where I'm like, that is the mindset of like a really like successful person that but there's no like feeling of like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. Maybe I should be on TikTok. Maybe I should get on LinkedIn. Like he'll suggest those things, but he's like, just try it out, see what happens, you know? Um, and I think that there's, there's, I think there's a lot to be said for what you take in terms of information from those people that inspire you. Are you trying to do it the exact way that they're doing it? Because it's not, going to work for you it's like trying to wear somebody else's shoes um and it's it's really 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 powerful when you step into your own kind of authenticity and go I'm going to do this my way I'm going to take what you've got and see if that fits like try like that taste testing I'm going to try this this mindset out I'm going to try this like little nugget out it feels good this feels good and it's actually like expanding me it feels a little bit uncomfortable because it's new and it's it's pushing me forward. Um, 
I'd love to switch into, can you talk to us about financial literacy and what that, we've kind of touched on a little bit already, but like, what does it really mean to be financially literate? I think it means something different for everybody, but in essence, it allows you to firstly understand what it is you're trying to create when it comes to money. You know, everyone, yeah, everyone has a different relationship with money. Uh, And firstly, you know, it's about identifying whether or not you want to change that. Um, For some people, you know, if I look at my sister, for example, like I love money so much. My sister does not give two shits about money. She's like, I know that I'll always have enough money to do the things that I need. And that's that. Whereas like, I'm like, I want more, 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 give me more, more, more. And I'm like, again, it's just purely so I have choice so that like, you know, today, if I want to jump on a plane and do something, I can do it. And I don't have to save, you know, like, obviously I save, but like, I'm just giving you an example. So understanding firstly, like, what does that mean for you? What What's your relationship with money and what does, yeah, like, do you know, do you even know how much money you need to survive on? And then do you know, like beyond that survival stage, what do you need? And then what does that look like for you? Like, is it just an extra thousand dollars a month or is it $10,000 a month or 20? Like what, what does it actually look like? So even just that in itself, understanding those very basic things that most of us are so scared to even log into our internet banking to check our credit card statement, you know, like that is that is financial literacy mm-hmm. um because if you don't even know how to read your statement and you're scared to do it then everything else like don't even bother with the other stuff start with that mm, yeah and it, yeah and then it's really about you know um it's kind of like body literacy in my opinion you know so many women don't even understand their own cycle yeah if you don't understand your own cycle i don't know how you're going to get financially literate What do do they have to do with each other? I know what they have to do with each other. Can you tell us, like, what do they have to do with each other? Because I can, I can literally hear people going like, they're two different things. Yeah, I feel like you know, it's it's kind of what you were saying before about taste testing. You know, like let's talk to Emily and see what she does in her business, and let's talk to Coco and see what she does in her business. And I'm gonna, I really like that. I don't like that. I'm gonna take a bit of this, a bit of that, and make my own recipe. Right? That's what you're creating, and so something I haven't touched on is that women have a secret weapon that we don't use enough of. And that's our intuition. Mm -hmm. And for decades, centuries, you know, epigenetically our, we have been told that our intuition is sorcery that, you know, it's should not be, unless you talk about a mother's intuition, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you talk about intuition in business, if you talk about intuition with money, you literally people will literally laugh in your face. I remember uh, just to divert a little bit, but I remember once upon a time I was in business with two guys, and uh, I was young. I was in my mid twenties, and you know, still smart, still knew what I was talking about. Had heaps of experience in property, but had not really developed my relationship with my intuition. And so when I would say to them, "I don't think we should do this project," I was in property. I was a property developer. We had, um, you know, $60 million of uh, residential projects that we were um, on our books. And I remember saying to them, like, you know, we shouldn't do this project or we should hold off on that purchase or we should just wait on that builder. And being men, and they were only like 
few years older than me, but very much treated me like, oh, well, you're just the woman. So you're the PA. You actually don't know. And I just had this feeling, one, from experience of being in the industry for so long, but also, two, it was my intuition. And so they, if I couldn't explain something, I was like, yeah, I just know we just shouldn't do it. Mm. It was mocked because I couldn't explain it. They, you know, it wasn't backed by numbers. It wasn't backed by theory. And, you know, slowly but surely after many knocks, I was like, actually, this thing called my intuition, it knows. And it's like constantly like, hello, sending sirens, like, fucking listen, like you're not listening. So then slowly, slowly, you know, it was, it was giving me feathers. And then it was like, you know, then I got hit by the bus many times, which equated to me losing my like millions of dollars um, twice over, because now I fucking know that my intuition knew and was trying to lead me in the right direction. And my ego was taking over. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by like, if you don't understand your body, your body is like, you don't need a coach. You don't need a mentor. And and a lot of us do need that because it's, it's good to have someone to talk to, but your mentor or your coach are not the ones to tell you what to do. Cause you actually know the answers in your body. You actually know like everything we, like I said, women have a secret weapon. Men have it too, but our, ours is like, my God, it's nuts. You know, it's like mother's intuition. It's like when you were, you know, walk out the door and you're like, especially if you're a Victorian, I mean, I'm a Queenslander, but I'll take the piss out of the Victorians, <laughs> you know, take the raincoat, even though it's 26 degrees this morning and sunny. And you're like, ah, oh, no, I'm not going to take the raincoat. And then you're fucked because you didn't take the raincoat and you didn't listen to your intuition mm-hmm. that was like, take the raincoat. You know, it starts like that. And that's what I mean by body literacy, not just your menstrual cycle. That's definitely a big part of it. Mm. Uh, because we're sh- we've been shamed for so long about our menstrual cycle. And so, you know, once you can be a, a relationship with yourself, it's the most important relationship you'll ever have in your life. Mm. so there's one thing I really want to touch on there around your cycles when you tune into it I know that there is about four days over my bleed where I should not be making any important decisions I can't even fucking grocery shop I go to the store and I'm like I don't know what I want and I come back with like like dumplings and then like like one potato and like a thing of like ice cream that has peanut that I don't even like and then like four blocks of chocolate and then like orange juice and I'm like what am I supposed to do with all of this like I know but because I've tapped in and I have ignored it a few times I know that I I I shouldn't make big decisions in that period of time and when I get those like big urges of like I want to do that I go Emily just take a breath because you're on day two of your cycle and you're a little bit scattered and all over the place and that's okay. Just sit in with it. And then like a few days later, I'm like, that does actually still feel really good. And now I'm like feeling a little bit more centered or I'm like, that was definitely, I'm really glad I listened to myself then because that was not a good idea. (laughs) And that's, that's the power of it that I like, I, you know, it's something so simple. I like won't go like, to like a shopping center when I'm on my bleed because I just end up buying random stuff and like all of that financial literacy and what I know about my finances and what I should, you know, I don't like the word should, but, you know, desire to spend and and everything like that just goes out the window. And that's part of it for me anyway, is, is really tapping into that and knowing yourself. Nailed it. You nailed it. And, you know, for some of us, it's, pre-bleed not 
during the bleed. Like mm. that's what I mean about the body literacy. You know, for some of us, we go into huge comparison mode or overwhelm just before our period um, because our body is changing and that's who we are. And, you know, I remember growing up as a teenager and you never said the word period or you never said the word blood because it was shameful. Mm. Um, and it's not, it's actually our superpower. So I feel like, and I know that uh, financial literacy obviously is a whole, it's, it's, it's its own living and breathing thing, but it works really well and it, and you can get way better um, success when it's paired with your body literacy and your intuition. Because as I said, it's free and it's your secret weapon. And so many of us underutilize it because we are ashamed, you know, we're shamed by, I remember my ex-husband used to be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And my partner now too. And, you know, now they realize now that, you know, we're older. Oh yeah. You actually, your intuition does know, like whatever it says now, I'll listen, mm. you know? So um, it's the same, it, it invites them to listen to their intuition too, because they have it as well. It's just in a different way. And mm. so financial literacy really for me is about what we've just spoken about. But it's women realizing that they can make, create, manage, invest money like everyone else. It is not hard. You do not need a financial advisor. You don't need a personal banker. Because let me let me be honest with you. Does your financial advisor have the type of wealth that you're trying to create? Because let me tell you, 99% of them do not. They're just there to sell you products. I'll probably get in trouble by ASIC for just saying that whatever it's the truth um so you know you always want to make sure that whoever it is that is giving you advice that's giving you pointers you know are they making money from what it is that they're selling you um and are they better off than you are and what does the better off look like to you because it's going to look different you know for some people a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money for some people they make that in a day Sorry if that triggers you, but that's the reality. Remember, zeros are everywhere. So, you know, whether it's $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, a million dollars, like it's just extra zeros. And I genuinely just don't flinch anymore when people say big numbers now because I'm like, man, it's just an extra zero. And they've just allowed that to be their reality. They've just allowed that to be their nervous system. Their body does not repel that. Mm. You know, so why did I lose so much money? Because I was like, oh my God, I'm part, like, you know, I, I never went past the 10 million because that was, I was repelling it in my body, but you know, all up, I've lost over $10 million. And now, you know, I've rebuilt in a very short amount of time because remember money is just money, but no one can take away your knowledge. No one can take away your experience. No one can take away your contacts, mm-hmm. right? Remember at the beginning of this episode, I talked about that mm-hmm. money comes and goes. Okay. Money is not a reflection of whether or not you're a good person. Money is that money is only going to amplify more of who you are. There are people out there that are absolute assholes and the more money they have, it just makes them more of an asshole. Um, so check in with yourself. Um, that, that's yeah. something that like, I, um, I think I first heard it from Catherine Zenkina, um, manifestation babe. And she talked about just that money just amplifies who you are. And this belief that bad people are the ones who have money is ju- is just a belief that you can unsubscribe to at literally any point in time. And it's so funny. I was um, in the car with my sister a few months ago 
and we were driving through in like a, a really like a a Porsche like SUV drove past and it it kind of it kind of cut us off a little bit. Um, not really. Her perception was that it cut us off, and she was like, "Oh, fucking rich people," and I was like. I think they just wanted to get onto the freeway. And she's like, no, they're all like them in their nice cars. They're everywhere and they're just assholes. And I was like, well, there's a story that's going to block you forever or until you do something about it. And the thing is, 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 you know, I probably had that perspective at some point in time and only noticed it because I have cleared it. And that perspective of, if you're listening to this, I'm, probably betting that you are a good person who wants to do good in the world and more money just allows you to do more good and you are allowed to want just more money so that you can enjoy it. Life is meant to be enjoyed if you just want to enjoy it because, and here's like a really like beautiful perspective. Have you ever been around somebody who's just like in their bliss? It is like, a joy to be around. It like lifts you up. It like inspires you just because they're so happy because they're on purpose, because they're enjoying life. And if you're looking at them and then being triggered, that's also supporting you as well. So like flipping that, if you're able to be that person for somebody else, whether or not it's because you're um, lifting their up, lifting them up with their energy or you're triggering them in a, in a beautiful way to up-level themselves, that is a beautiful thing and money just gets to be an amplifier there and that's that's just the truth of it. So we have been talking for a while. Can you just very, very quickly, and you just kind of did, how do we, I'm going to shift that because that was a how question. Um, <laughs> um, what is like a beautiful piece of advice that you can give to somebody who's wanting to energetically up level or match to a new financial kind of ceiling, I guess. It's an interesting question because I feel like depending on where you are will depend on, you know, which way you look. So uh, if you don't know Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I'd just pop it into Google. But for a lot of people, you know, they might be at just survival uh, where they can't even make ends meet. And so your nervous system is leading the way. And so if I tell you something, if I answer this question in a, you know, for someone who's not at that survival level of the the needs hierarchy, then whatever I share is going to not resonate with them or they're going to be like, well, easy for you to say, you know, <laughs> which is fair because of where they are on the hierarchy of needs. So, you know, I would really be honest with yourself to begin with and assess like, where am I? Like, am I just making ends meet? Is my nervous system constantly like scared that, you know, something, if I don't get an extra hour shifts this week, then it like, I can't, I can't feed my children or I can't pay the electricity bill. Like, where are you at on that? Or is it like, you know, we're really good. We're really set. Um, we've got what we need, but if someone lost their job, then yeah, we would, we would really feel it. Or if we have an, another interest rate hike, it's really going to kill us. Like we're just like really identifying where you are mm. is the first is the first thing that I would say. And then identifying, okay, well, from there, like what is going to break us? 
and what is going to make us? What would make a difference? Now, don't say that like winning the lotto is your answer because that's just the worst answer. Um, and you don't have to tell us your answer, but just like be really real with yourself. Like, as I said before, is $100 a week going to make a difference for you guys? And so what does that look like? What can you do to make $100? And also switching, like, you know, I always say to people, as I, and as I mentioned before, like now money and the numbers don't mean much to me. So I don't have an attachment to like whether it's $2,000 or $2 million. And so if you feel like $1,000 extra would be really good for you right now per month or per week, and it feels really heavy or really big, like why? Why is that so big for you? And I would look at what's happened in your family's lives. And, you know, has someone been bankrupt? Has someone lost heaps of money and then, you know, they never got out of that darkness because they wore the, the label of failure so much. You know, you don't have to do that, but we tend to carry that subconsciously. So I would really look at the stories that you're carrying and I would look at what it is you're trying to create. You know, if you're trying to make an extra $100 a week, but then you're like, you know, a high achiever and you're like, you get the 100, but then you're like, well, it wasn't a 1,000. So your nervous system is constantly like, in overdrive, whereas you're like, okay, well, I got the hundred and that has made a difference. And I'm really grateful for that. Because if you're not grateful for the hundred, then you're not going to be grateful for the thousand. Um, so it's a long winded way to answer your question. And there's no like one, as I said, size fits all, but I think it's just about that awareness. Like be really real with yourself. And for so many of us, we do run to the like, go to Coraline's, uh, go to Coco's, you know, uh, website and get her free download PDF of step one, two, three. And I could do that. I totally could do that, but I'm not going to do that because you're just hiding from what's actually real for you. Mm. What's real for you is not real for me right now. Or it may have, it may be, who knows, but I want you to know that uh, everyone has a money problem, no matter how many zeros is in their bank account. Yeah. No matter how many Chanel handbags they have. No matter how many Porsches they have, everyone at any level, no matter how many zeros they have, have a money problem. Mm. So it's the more detached you can be now, for me, it's about how I feel in my nervous system. Yeah. It used to be about how many zeros I've had in my bank account. And look, we need money. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. It's, we all need it. So let's not pretend like, you know, it's not something that we need to focus on. Mm. But when you focus too much on the money, then you're strangling it. And when you're in a relationship with someone, and they strangle you and they want you all the time. And you're like, just fuck off. Like you already texted me a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you're doing that to money. You're strangling her. And she's like, you know what? This is, this is a toxic relationship. I can't do this right now. Yeah. I love, I love the notion of like kind of um, uh, almost humanizing money because it is a relationship and it's very, very powerful when you do that. Um, I'm so aware that your time is very, very precious. I have two, um, final questions for you the first one is is I'd love to hear about a beautiful manifestation that has unfolded in your life and how that unfolded for you um well, it could be anything it'd be something small it could be something big yeah, I feel like my life is you know constantly magical but also chaotic in every sense of the world um look I don't, I don't have a specific example, but what I can say is that the more I let go and the more I have fun and the more that I am me and like 
you know, fuck the rest of the world and the judgments and how I'm doing things, uh, the more great things come to me. And the more that I give my time, you know, time is a commodity that we can't buy no matter how much money you have. And yeah, time, it runs out quickly, like life goes fast. But also when you give yourself more time to achieve things, uh, that's when the magic happens. So, you know, again, we're sold the be a millionaire in 12 months if you buy this, you know, network marketing product. And I'm not I'm not saying network marketing is not a thing, but it's just an example, right? Um, many people make a lot of money through network marketing, but a lot of people lose a lot of money through network marketing. You mm-hmm. cannot and will not, let me just tell you right now, you will not and cannot become sustainably, keyword, sustainably rich in six to 12 months. Warren Buffett is not an overnight success. Donald Trump, I don't care if you hate these people, it doesn't matter. It's just an example. Donald Trump was not an overnight success. His children work their asses off and their father is Donald Trump. Um, You know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx, like all these people are not overnight successes. So the longer you give yourself to create something, the more you will manifest it because, again, you're not strangling it to be like, grow, 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 grow now. It needs to happen now. You know, you don't take your, tell your six months old to hurry up and be 15 and strangle it every day. Like that's exactly what we're doing with yeah. money. Yeah. that That's something that I really learned over the past uh um like two years when I it was about two years ago that I decided to that I didn't want to do be a teacher anymore and I was like great in a year's time I'm going to be like replace my full-time income and it's going to be great but to the end of the year and I was like what the hell just happened it didn't happen and I was like Emily are you in this for the long game or are you just wanting like instant gratification and I am that is like a bit of a you know um uh, whatever you want to call it, toxic trait. Like I don't have any wounding around that word with myself, but like where I'm like, I want it now. Like I'm very Aries, like action, like let's make it happen, like right now. And I was like, Emily, you are wanting to create something sustainable, long-term, something that is like intuitively led and that you love. Like give it some time. Like everything like is just seeds that you are planting and it takes time, like, just take a breath and actually nurture what you're doing right now because at the moment your head is like like three months ahead and you've like plotted out everything it's not going to go out the way that you planned just be present with it and continually take actions that feel good um last question I believe that by declaring our desires out loud, we anchor them in. And I am just like on a mission to like get rid of this notion of like make a wish, but don't tell anyone about it or it won't come true. I'm like, fuck that. (laughs) Let's chuck that in the bin. So what is something that you are currently manifesting? What am I manifesting? I'm actually building a childcare right now and my build costs have doubled. So I would love, and it's in the middle of Bum Park, Queensland. So, you know, it's going to be expensive. Uh, So I would love to find, and I will, I will, I'm just taking my time, a builder that's not going to cost me double to build my childcare so that I can fulfill a need in the community. And one of the reasons I don't live there, this is where my, like my country town where I live, that I'm in Bali is because there's no childcare Mm. Um, so that we can, you know, be a family again, which is, is fine. We love like the way we live, but, you know, just to have that choice because 
I live my life by choices. So, and not just me, like there's many other families that really need this. So aside from like the big list of other manifestations, that's something that I'm definitely working on at the moment. And so, so if you're a builder in Queensland or a wife of a builder in Queensland who wants to go somewhere in central Queensland, let me know. Hit Coco up. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate that. Appreciate your time so much. Um, how can people touch base with you, contact you, get in your world? Where is the best place to find you? The best place is my website. Uh, so I am Coco D D double E dot com. Uh, I do have social media. However, I am on and off. I'm, I'm really focusing on my blog and providing to my communities at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I run four businesses. So uh, I decided to kind of take a step back from social media. I do, you know, appearances here and there just to just to say g'day when I miss it. But I, I've definitely made a, a conscious decision not to be there actively. So my uh, my website is where I am. I post a, a weekly blog there, very detailed because I'm a dot point girl, but, you know, we'll give you some detail in the blog. And yeah, that's, you know, you can always email me. I love getting emails. That's where I am. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. This has been amazing. Thank you. If you've listened this far, well done. You're truly devoted to creating a life of your deepest desires. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend or better yet, rate and review the show. It truly does help get this message into the hearts of more people who need it. Plus, it's like giving me a big virtual hug. Don't forget to DM me over on Instagram at I am Emily Burke and share your biggest takeaways and aha moments. I love connecting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, keep making moves to create your most authentically you dream life.